Discover big money in the 805 with your host, Michael Anderson. Michael always works in his client's best interest when it comes to their financial life and future. To reach Michael, go to Maranatha.com. And now, here's your host for big money, Michael Anderson. Welcome to Big Money in the 805. Today's show is brought to you by Geico Local Office. Did you know there's a local GEICO agent here in Ventura County? It's true. Look up Greg Mock with GEICO Local Office. He'd love to help you save on your insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, or ATV. He can even help you obtain homeowners, renters, or boat policy through GEICO Insurance Agency. Get a free quote to see how much you could save. Call today, 805-487-7847. Once again, Geico Local Office, 805-487-7847. Thanks for tuning in to Big Money in the 805. I'm your host, Michael Anderson. We've got a great program for you today. Here's what's coming up. What's the difference between ignorance and apathy? Uh, Many local nonprofits support our community. How does a nonprofit get support when it comes to running their business better? And we'll start off the 12 principles of personal finance. Big Money in the 805 with Michael Anderson is brought to you by AllocationLink.com. Investment management that is low cost, smart, and accessible by all. AllocationLink.com. Well, for over 10 years now, I've been on faculty with Ventura College. I've uh, been in the business department as an adjunct instructor. I usually teach uh, two courses per semester. And I've always been impressed with these kids, the abilities they have. It's so special. They come in and they have such a breadth of knowledge with computers and and what they're doing. It's made me not worry about our future at all. I think they're so capable. But what I do worry about with, with them is I worry about their financial literacy. And it often makes me think about what they're reading. And the question I ask myself is, I wonder if these kids are reading more today or less today than they were, say, 20 years ago or 40 years ago. I'm not sure what the answer to that question is, but I know for myself, when I was younger and and certainly now, when I'm in the bookstore at Barnes & Noble, I'm always drifting over to the financial section or the business section and self-help. I'm shifting through looking at those different books, and I wanted to share one of the books that I'm reading right now. It was written a few months ago. It was published. It's called Unshakable. It's written by Tony Robbins. He does a wonderful job trying to navigate uh, how someone should get help with their financial situation. So if you're hiring help, how do you find the right person? What are the questions that you would ask? What are the, the, the ways you're telling if you're going to work with someone that's helping you or that someone maybe doesn't have your best interest in mind, or are they charging too much? And a couple of things he touches on, one of the big ones he says is they should be a fiduciary. This is someone that has a legal obligation to work in your best interest at all times. I think that's an important part, and I think that's something that's happening more in the industry. He also says you should work with someone that is fee-only, or someone that is an independent financial advisor. Usually when you're working with someone like that, you're getting someone that has that fiduciary obligation. The other thing I'll mention with his book is minimizing fees is a very important part of saving years from your retirement income. By having high fees, you're, you're really losing those years of having retirement income. So I don't want to go too deep into the book, but I 
would definitely recommend checking out that book to bolster up your financial literacy. I think he synthesizes the information very well. He's not a financial guru himself, but he's dove into this sector. He's interviewed some of the smartest minds currently in the industry, and he's tried to extrapolate how someone can navigate getting help with their financial situation. Couple other things with regards to the book. He says the type of firm you should hire, being fee only, being independent, being a fiduciary, you want to find someone that's like that. And the place you go locally, if you want to do that, uh, you go to a website. It's napfa.org. That's N A P F A dot O R G. Someone, you can find someone in your area that is a fee-only independent financial advisor uh, with that fiduciary standard. My firm, Marinantha.com, is also a fee-only independent financial advisory firm, a fiduciary firm. And my firm, if you wanted to look me up specifically, is Marinantha.com. That's M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com, Marinantha.com. But I definitely urge you to get a second opinion, see if what you're doing is making sense, if it's in line with what Tony Robbins thinks you should be doing. If you do want to get a second opinion, go to napfa.org, find someone that you can work with. I have a joke that I wanted to share. It's a, a young boy is talking with his grandfather and his grandfather, he goes and he says, grandpa, what's the difference between ignorance and apathy? Grandpa talking to his young grandchild, he says, I don't know and I don't care. It just reminds me of my grandfather when I was younger. It's this idea of ignorance and apathy. I see it a lot with folks. They're dealing with this when they come into their financial life. So the question I have for you is, have you ever been guilty of using ignorance or apathy as a coping mechanism for anything in your life? It's the, I don't know, I don't really care right now approach to your retirement. I think many people fall into this space. They feel helpless and Today's two-minute drill is specifically built for the person that uh, falls into this category. So I, I think you're going to like it. Looking forward to a great show today. And next up is the two-minute drill. Get ready to take some notes. It's time for the two-minute drill with Michael Anderson on Big Money in the 805. Two-minute drill. Grab a piece of paper and a pencil. It's time for today's two-minute drill. Brought to you by Geico Local Office. Car and homeowner's insurance for the 805. You could save up to 15%. Call 805-487-7847. Geico Local Office. How do you feel about your current financial situation? Do you have a few areas that could be better? Are there a few financial items that you have been placing on the back burner for a little too long now? Most of us have a few of these financial items that could definitely be better than they currently are. And over the next 12 weeks, I'm going to share one principle of personal finance. These are part of the 12 principles of personal finance that I share with my clients. And the idea is they'll help put a healthy and positive perspective on your personal financial situation. I go over all of these in detail with my financial planning clients. So the first principle is the idea of progress. Here's what Mark Twain says about progress. Continuous improvement is better than delayed perfection. And Danielle Laporte says, don't let your want for perfection become procrastination. Many times we're feeling upset about something in our financial life. It's not how we want it to be or how we think it should be. And we ignore it. We put it to the side. It's on the back burner. I want you to write down on your piece of paper the word progress. 
And then under that word, I want you to write down progress, not perfection. When you're thinking about your financial situation, we want you to focus on this perspective of progress, not perfection. Now, this phrase is the foothold into making a positive change with your financial life. And that's the first principle of the 12 principles of personal finance. It's the idea of progress, not perfection. A few examples that I see, there's clients in their 70s, they're coming to me and sometimes they're wondering if they should get a reverse mortgage or if they should take out a home equity line of credit. They're seeing the cash flow not be what they want it to be. They're trying to identify how they can find a solution, but they're really not doing anything about it. They're waiting. I see younger people in their 20s and they're upset because they don't think they can buy a house. They have a nice car and they carry credit card debt, but they aren't sure where to start, so they're not starting anywhere. Also, I see clients sometimes in their 30s and 40s and they're not saving any money at the time, but they're waiting and they're wondering if they should save for their kid's college first or if they should save for their home purchase first or if they should save for their retirement. They're stuck in limbo. They're trying to figure out the answer to these questions before taking any action. In other words, they're not making much progress at all, and it just gets worse and worse along the line. These types of scenarios are very common. I think we all have moments when we're not certain how to address a financial situation. Um, You're feeling stuck. You're not making progress, so it just goes on hold. What I want you to do is shift your perspective to the idea, the first principle, which is focus on progress, not perfection. Again, Mark Twain's quote, continuous improvement is better than delayed perfection. And the final note on this is most people overestimate what they can do in one year, but they underestimate what they can do in five years. If you want any additional help or guidance with regards to your situation, you can contact me directly at allocationlink.com. That's my website or email me, michael at allocationlink.com. Today's guest is Henry DeBroff with Pacific Coast Business Times. Henry, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Yeah. So, Henry, I know you've been writing stories now for, what is it, over 17 years here in the 805. Um, Is that right? (laughs) That would be correct. That's a long time. Our born-on date was March 17th of 2000. Now, what are some of your favorite stories over the years? Well, I'm pretty fond of some of the work we did early on in the white-collar crime space, writing about some real estate scams, fraudulent transactions. I thought we did a really good job of covering the banking crisis, which completely upended the financial banking system on the Central Coast, and been very proud of, I guess those two would be the major stories, really proud of our coverage of the technology companies and startups that have taken root here. Nice. That's wonderful. I think you definitely do a a great job of covering the tri-counties and and showcasing the ideas that are really relevant to the community. I think it's an important space that you're filling nicely. And, you know, over over the years, uh, being 17 years in, in the 805 here, what are some of the things that maybe have been the very good decisions you've seen be made to support this area that have been a very positive thing in the business community? Does anything jump out at you? Well, we've been able to help connect the various communities on the Central Coast. You know, you have kind of East Ventura, West Ventura, South Santa Barbara, North Santa Barbara, 
South San Luis Obispo, North San Luis Obispo. They don't always talk to each other, but traditionally have done a lot of business back and forth. So that's been something we've been able to do is to help people understand a little bit better what was going on in the area next door or the area 50 or 100 miles away. Right, right. As far as the region, like with the growth, would you say that it's been, a, I guess, a thriving and vibrant area for business to come? Or has it been kind of hard for businesses to set up shop here and, and kind of get that, uh, get going? Well, I don't think there's an easy answer to that question. I do think that over the years, companies that really found there was a lot of regulation in Los Angeles found it easier to come to Ventura County. Companies that were trying to get started in Santa Barbara sometimes found it less expensive to operate in West Ventura County. I think even though it's relatively difficult to build buildings and there are a lot of restrictions on housing, there actually is an innovation culture that's pretty much unstoppable. So you have a lot of capital markets activity right now, for example, uh, on the Central Coast where there's probably been a billion dollars of IPO wealth created and maybe several billion dollars of IPO wealth created and many hundreds of millions of venture capital raised by companies operating in a place where it is relatively difficult to do business, but it's a great place to live. In regards to the 805 and things that are happening now, there are a lot of exciting, like you mentioned, you're supporting technology and startup, and there's a billion dollars of, of uh kind of revenue being generated through some of these. And are there any exciting things in the works over the next kind of few years that, that you can see on the horizon that, uh, that are, I guess, worth mentioning here? You know, south to north, there's definitely some new startup activity in the biotech space in the East Ventura County. There are companies moving in like Mankind. Um, there are others that have gone public recently. It's always been, you know, kind of Amgen's, market, Amgen's backyard, because they're so huge. But there's definitely a second or third growth of these biotech companies. In Ventura County, West Ventura County, there's definitely been a little bit of activity in the advertising, online digital advertising space. There's some online manufacturers that are really interesting. And in South Santa Barbara County, a lot of work in materials and material science. Also, software is very big. Our two IPOs of last year, or 2015, I guess, were Appfolio and MindBody, and those are both software companies, Appfolio in Santa Barbara, MindBody in San Luis Obispo. MindBody, for example, the first non-bank stock offering in San Luis Obispo County oh, wow. that anybody can remember. And that's a great, uh, they've done a great job with that, too. I've, right. I've seen what they've done. It's, it's, it really is uh, a nice tool. Very nice yeah, tool. it's really cool software for the uh, fitness, yoga studio, uh, healthy activities kind of company. I would be remiss if I didn't say there's a lot of innovation going on in wine, beer, and spirits as well. Yeah, I've seen that uh, as well. And, I, you know, a big focus with this show is personal finance. And if I could, I, I'd like to ask you, um, how do you feel the best way that people should approach their personal finance? So what, what are some of your opinions on that topic? I am a very conservative investor. My all-time record for transactions in one year is four. <laughs> and I am an old-school buy-and-hold person. Part of it is, as a journalist, as a financial journalist, I feel committed to the Society of American Business Editors and Writers Code of Ethics, where I've been a member and I'm on their board 
and past president. There, our, our code of ethics really suggests that, you know, you not own stocks in the companies you cover, that you be a long-term investor, that you not take short positions because that really expresses an opinion about a company or its management. So I've been able to achieve personally, and I think any person who follows the markets and resists the temptation to buy high and sell low can probably achieve a 7 or 8% return over time, and that's been what I've done. Okay, yeah, that's well said. Kind of jumping into another thing we talk about with regards to financial literacy, and, and uh, we were talking earlier about books that uh, people read and college grads, and do you have a, a short list of books that you recommend to folks? Well, I like, you know, any volume of Warren Buffett's shareholder letters is a great place to I agree. start. Yeah. I think I read The Economist magazine cover to cover just about every week. I think that's a great tool. I think kind of any collection of essays by money managers that are kind of mainstream is uh, quite good. I must admit, I'm a bit of a fan of the former Treasury Secretary, Bob Rubin, and he had a book a number of years ago called In an, In an Uncertain World that kind of introduced you to sort of a probabilistic, probability-based theory of understanding markets that I think is sort of useful. Interesting. Interesting. I like that. Well, I appreciate that. So the Pacific Coast Business Times, it's been around now for 17 years, and I was looking at the website. Currently, I'm not a subscriber, and I've really thought about it. I almost clicked the button to do it and get my three-year subscription for $90. I almost did that yesterday. Well, but you should have. Tell, well, tell, tell, sell it to me. Give me a give me a uh, – why, why should I, I – I think I'm going to, by the way, but just right. in your opinion. So we put on the web our, our breaking news and some of our commentary pieces. But it's very clunky. You can't download it. And almost all of our deeper dive news stories are behind our paywall, and you can't get access to them. So if you really want to be a subscriber, you're kind of all in. You get 52 weekly issues. You get 24 special reports. You get a copy of our book of lists, a copy of our giving guide. You get all access. If you're on your smartphone and you want to look up a story, you can do it at the drop of a hat. And uh, if you don't, you don't. You can't. So that's kind of how we roll at the business times. And we think for less than a buck a week, you know, way less than your Starbucks bill in an average year, right. it's a pretty good value. Yeah. Well, I like that. I think you sold me. Uh, you, you'll, see, you'll see me come through uh, for my new subscription. Love so, it. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> the other thing I noticed that you guys host many events over the calendar year. And uh, give me a rundown of those events. Which is the next event coming up as well? Right, so we have eight events, starting with our Central Coast Innovation Awards and finishing, that's in March, and finishing with the top 50 fastest-growing companies in October. We're right in the middle of our event season, so next up would be our Spirit of Small Business Awards. This is a a program that's in its 15th, 1-5 year. We do it in partnership with the U.S. Small Business Administration. We spotlight successful, sustainable small businesses in the Tri-County region. And you really should come because our keynote speaker is a guy from Ventura named Sam Hishma, who owns one of the largest 
collections of Domino's pizza operations in the country. And he started with one single store in Santa Paula. Yeah. Oh, I've heard his story. I've heard him tell it, and it is wonderful. I definitely will vouch for that. He is, it is a fantastic American dream story. So just go to www.packbiztimes.com and just click on the Spirit of Small Business ad and a ticket will come up. So that's how we can find it. Perfect. Or you can email Jay Carusa, C A R U S A, at PAC. P-A-C-B-I-Z-Times.com. Wonderful. Henry, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate having you. Oh, my pleasure. Be happy to come back. Wonderful. Thanks again, Henry. Thanks, Michael. Now it's time for the Nonprofit Spotlight with your host, Michael Anderson, on Big Money in the 805. Nonprofit Spotlight. Here is a local group we want you to know about Nonprofit Spotlight, brought to you by Ventura Community Partners Foundation. Give the gift of play. Visit VenturaFoundation.org. Today we have Andy Taylor with us. He is a student at UCSB. He's interning with me this summer. He's taking on this week's Nonprofit Spotlight. Andy, go ahead. The National Center for Charitable Statistics reported that in 2013, charities and nonprofit organizations in the United States produced over $1.7 trillion in revenues and had over $1.6 trillion in total expenses. Today, there are over 1.5 million organizations operating in the nonprofit sector. But how can these groups ensure that they are operating efficiently? This week's Nonprofit Spotlight highlights the Center for Nonprofit Leadership at Cal Lutheran University. This organization provides opportunities for nonprofit leaders to strengthen and develop their management skills in order to achieve a higher level of effectiveness in the nonprofit sector. The center has been serving nonprofit organizations in Ventura County since 1991 and has earned an outstanding reputation within the community. The center keeps up to date on emerging trends and issues within the sector and adjusts its programs to best serve the current needs of local nonprofit organizations. You can find out more about upcoming workshops and events to potentially help out your organization from the center's website at www.calutheran.edu forward slash centers forward slash nonprofit. You're tuned in to Big Money in the 805 with Michael Anderson. Now it's time for Michael to go to the mailbag and answer some questions from listeners. Mailbag, we answer your questions about money, Wall Street, and local issues. Brought to you by Spanish Hills Country Club. Taste the elegance. Golf, athletic, and social memberships. Visit SpanishHillsCC.com or call Cindy, 805-388-5000. Mailbag. Our first question comes from McKenna in Ventura. She writes, I'm 22 years old on track for nursing certificate, and I want to buy a home in the 805, but it's just way too expensive. Tell me how I can do it. How do others my age do it? Well, McKenna, that's a good question. I hear that a lot. I think there's been a lot of um, news media talking about how people your age are not able to buy a home here in California or in Southern California because it's too expensive. I agree that it's very difficult, but I do think you can do it. I do think I can help you out with how you can do it. Here's my approach. Here's my thinking. The first thing I want you to do is when you get your first job out of college, if you're not already working, set up your retirement plan ASAP. Max that out as best you can. And what's going to happen when you're putting all that money into your retirement account, it's going to accrue quickly. And when it comes time to buy a house, you're going to be able to use that money for a down payment. 
um, and for your closing costs. That is the smartest, quickest, and best way, in my opinion, that someone young can save and get in to buy a house. It doesn't take 20% down. You can do it with as little as 3.5% down. When I bought my first house, I used 3.5% down. I used, I also used retirement money to do it. I got a loan from my 401k, and it really helped me get going, get started. I think that's what it takes. Good luck to you, McKenna. I do think you can do it, and that's the best way to go. Our next question comes from Carolyn in San Luis Obispo. I want to find out if I should keep my annuity or cash it in. How do I figure this out? I have a fixed annuity and a variable annuity. Well, Carolyn, annuities are are very tricky. I will tell you that many people wonder if they have a good thing when they have an annuity. They're always wondering, do I have something that is a ticking time bomb or what do I even have? They don't often understand it well. The best way to figure this out, I would say, is to get with a financial advisor that did not sell you that annuity and call the annuity carrier to find out specifically what the terms are for your annuity. There's so many different annuities in terms of variable annuities, and they're all so different. The one thing I'll tell you about variable annuities is they're built for this idea of having income later, like a personal pension plan. And if that is the goal with that particular amount of money that is in the annuity, then it might be a good fit. In regards to your fixed annuity, if that is something that is a little more clear cut, you know the rate you're getting, you know when it expires and you'll get your money back. And so those are typically, you understand how they work, if that's a fit for you or not. The variable annuity is always tricky, but I recommend getting with another financial advisor that did not sell it to you, calling the carrier that holds the annuity, and then having a three-way conversation together to understand what's in it and if it's a fit for what you need it to do. Our last question comes from Sean and Camarillo. Where can I get more information on local startups? I'm interested in supporting or starting a new startup. Sean, I, I think I'll, I'll recommend a couple spaces to you. The first one is Cal Lutheran. Cal Lutheran has the Center for Entrepreneurship. And they, at that, if you go to their website, you'll see they have a lot of resources for you. They put on a new venture competition. They have a speaker series, meetup groups, and investor groups. So a lot of resources locally being done at Cal Lutheran University. Also, I'd recommend checking out the UCSB Technology Management Program. They have also new venture competitions and uh, meetup groups, and it's a place where you can connect with other folks that are doing the same thing. So startups are wonderful. Definitely uh, encourage you to connect with Cal Lutheran or UCSB to find out what's going on in the startup community here in the 805. Well, that does it for our show today. Thanks for tuning in. On a final note, I want to ask you this question. Do you know anyone that might like this show or benefit from hearing this program? Maybe a family member, a neighbor, or a coworker. Check us out on iTunes, Big Money in the 805. Share us with your friends and family. We'd love to get the word out. Have a great week and join us again next time. Special thanks to Pierpont Racket Club in Ventura since 1977 and Geico Local Office. Big Money in the 805. If you want to connect with me directly, you can find me at allocationlink.com or email me, michael, at allocationlink.com. Have a great week.